Hi there. We're on a journey praying in the last days, Restoration of Women's Virtues here. And I just wanted to uh, get back to where we were when we left off last time. I pray that you've got a, a list of your household, that you're uh, paying attention to those in, in your area of influence and your circle of influence that you could have an influence on, that you are um, write their names down, lift them up to the Lord every day, because uh, this is a, an important time and you can make a big difference in their life. And when you know that you've made the difference between heaven and hell for a person for eternity, it's, there's just there's no drug that takes you any higher than that. <laughs> That's an exciting time. It's kind of like when somebody gets born again and they are introduced to Jesus and how exciting that is. And so this is the same thing when someone gets set free to where they can respond to the Lord. You may have had somebody in your life and they haven't been able to respond and you're very frustrated with them because you've seen the light and you know what, what the truth is and they won't hear it. But that's because something has them in bondage and that's what we're looking at. For the first thing we saw was um, to purify our motives. Why am I concerned about this person? Why am I doing this? Um, I remember one time in my life, I was a Bible teacher in a home Bible study, and um, I had uh, actually it was one of my one of my kids. You know, kids go through stages, and one of my kids was in a stage when my when when I was growing up with my brother, I would complain to my mother about my brother, and she'd say, "Well, he's just in a stage." I said, "He's always in a stage. When is he ever going to be out of a stage?" But uh, one of my kids was in a stage. And uh, so um, I kind of threw a hissy fit one night and because he had said something smarty to me and I got really mad and threw a hissy fit. So when we got back home from where I, we had been going, I went upstairs and I apologized to all of them for my behavior. And I told them I was sorry. And I just made a declaration to the Lord. I said, if the house burns down, if he goes off on drugs somewhere, I am not going to lose my peace over this in Jesus' name. I had to make a decision. That's a part of the process is making a decision. I made a, deci a determined decision that I was not going to lose my peace over this anymore. And so the next morning when I got up, I was, uh, let me see if I can find it. I wasn't even planning on telling this, but I was uh, reading in the book of James and he took me to James chapter four and I think it's so neat and, and amazing to me how the Holy Spirit can speak to us in a way that we can understand. And I, I just don't see how he, I mean, to me, it's amazing that he's able to do that. But you don't hear words, but they're impressed upon you, you know, when, you're, when God is speaking to you. And I was in James chapter 4, and he's saying... From whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war, war in your members? You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war <clears throat> yet have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. And I, I, when I looked at that, he immediately said to me, you're not praying for that boy because he's offending me, a holy God. And you're not praying for him because he could go to hell. 
You're praying for him because you're a Bible teacher and he's embarrassing you. <laughs> Whoa, the Lord had me there. That was, I said, oh my gosh. You know, we're talking about purifying our motives in prayer here. Why am I doing this? Well, I did not know that's why I was doing it. But bottom line, the Lord put the ax to the root of the tree on me. And he, bottom line, he, he said, the reason your motive for prayer is to see a victory so you could show off your, your victory, but it's not because he's offending me, a holy God, or because he may go to hell. So getting our motives purified is real important because see, the power has to come through that hose. And if the hose is all gunked up and, and stopped up with selfishness, uh, it's, you can't, you can't win the victory. And trust me, your enemy will see that you are just, that you, uh, he will distract you enough to keep you from uh, winning victories if he possibly can. So the thing is that the more our walk becomes purified, uh, the more powerful we become. And uh, so it says in Psalm 24, 4, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Matthew 8, 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So getting your heart purified is an important aspect of your prayer life. And purifying your motives behind praying and Pretty soon, the power that's coming out of into your prayers is so powerful that it, the devil can't hold that back. And it breaks, you know, the anointing, the anointing increases and it, and it, it uh, lifts the heavy burden and breaks the, breaks the, oh, how's that go? Anyway, it lifts the heavy burden. The anointing breaks the yoke and lifts the heavy burden. There it is. And, um, so uh, then when you declare and decree, see when Jesus in John chapter 11, 4, when they told him, Lazarus, your friend is sick, what did Jesus say? He said, right off, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that through it the Son of God is glorified. This sickness is not to the advantage of the devil. He made a declaration. He decreed and declared the, the end from the beginning in that situation. Well, he had a purified heart. I mean, he, he wasn't born in the sin of iniquity like we are. He wasn't born in corruption like we are. So he had a purified heart. He had, he had ability, he had opportunities to become unpurified, which he didn't take. But um, his heart was purified, and that's the power. He declared the end from the beginning. Lazarus was dead and four days in the grave when he got there. But he had declared the end from the beginning. That's a lot of power coming out of a person, a human being. Jesus was acting as a human being in, in his walk on earth. So um, we, we have a lot of potential, but we do have to go through a cleansing process. I kind of reminded of Esther, you know, the, Esther, she went through a purification process six months in the oil of myrrh and six months in, um, what's the oil of myrrh and six months in, um, well, let's see. Anyway, it has to do with the knowledge of God. So um, we have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit groom us. Let's put it like that. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that, what is that scripture? It says in uh, 
Let's see. Second Thessalonians 1, 10, and 11, 10 through 12. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling, of this calling, and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's coming to be admired and glorified in his saints. So we need that purification process. And that's what that said. The bride made herself ready. We fit ourselves. It says in Romans 9, we, we are fitted. We fit ourselves for the glory by allowing the word of God to, to uh, bring the cleansing element of the, that word. He, remember Jesus told his disciples, you are clean by the words that I have spoken to you. So the word of God is, is a cleansing element and it will cleanse us. And when we adhere to it, then it, it, it's a purification process that we go through. And then when you say something, it will be done. I mean, you'll have to really, part of the purification process is to, is to get our tongues in order. And we'll, we'll look at that sometime. So he said, this sickness, Jesus said about Lazarus, this sickness is not to the advantage of the devil or death, but for the glory. He set the goal and he declared and decreed it. So that's, a, that's another thing in your process of praying in the last days. You, you make sure you're in order. Uh, you make sure you're in order and you're in the right position. And then you make sure your motive for your prayer, like I said, is, is pure. It's not selfish. There was one other thing I wanted to show you because in uh, Ezekiel chapter 14, let me see, I had it here. Ezekiel chapter 14, verses 1 through 5, it talks about um, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel saying, Son of man, these men, th these men had come to him. These men have set up their idols in their heart and put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face. Should I be inquired of at all by them? Well, that's what I had done. You know, I was being a good mother, praying for my children, and yet my motive was not really pure as it could have been. And I got corrected. Thank you, Jesus, for that. You know, I, I, I'll honestly say this. I would rather have the Lord correct me than not talk to me at all. <laughs> I, I would rather know that he corrected me than not talk to me at all. And so if you can hold your hand out and say, Lord, correct me or confirm me, then you'll, you'll, and you won't be deceived, that's for sure, because that's a, a good place to be. Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their heart and put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face. Should I be inquired of them? Therefore speak unto them and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Every man of the house of Israel that sets up his idols in his heart and puts the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face and comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him that cometh according to the multitude of his idols. So actually, if we keep an idol in our heart, and, and you know, I think it would be good for all of us to say to the Holy Spirit. He's our comforter. He's our teacher. He's the one that stands by us and walks along beside us. 
He's our. T he's the one that's going to teach us and train us and conform us into the image of Christ. Do I have any idols in my heart, Lord, that I'm not aware of? Because we all have a, a dark side that we we can't see. We all have places that we can't see ourselves in. And so um, that's what happened here. The Lord is saying, if you pray with an idol in your heart, then I'm going to answer you according to the idol, which will be not at all. <laughs> he said, I will answer him that cometh according to the multitude of his idols, that I may take the house of Israel in their own heart, because they all they are all estranged from me through their idols. And so an idol can be anything. It can be the way you think about something. You know, those are high things. Second Corinthians says, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I don't know if you've ever had someone tell you, well, I know the Bible says that, but I don't care. I believe such and such. I said, well, okay, that's an idol in their heart. And they're not going to enjoy the what God has for them. And he's, he's saying that they're praying with an idol in their heart. So being purified, who will ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity. Vanity is emptiness. So whenever we give our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions over to the emptiness of the carnal nature, uh, then, then we, we can't stand in his holy place. So there's a, there's a real purifying work that goes on as we enter into this journey of praying for our households. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So when we allow, uh, a lot of times this, this journey, uh, this purification starts because you started off praying, praying for someone. You know, um, I learned, I grew a lot praying for my kids and my family. I grew a lot praying for my mom. I grew a lot in the things of God because I was seeking God as to how to pray. And it turned out to be a purifying work for me. And so I just encourage you, um, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And, you know, that you can't get better than that. So in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, we looked at about Mo Moses. Uh, he was telling the Lord that if you, if you throw everybody out and start over with me, then the, 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 country, the nations around us will say that you weren't able, you were not able to deliver your, these people into their land. And um, another thing that I want to share with you is that, and I think I've shared this before, but it's, it's, I've got it here on the list and I want to share it. It's in Mark chapter 4, verse 37, where Jesus is in the back of the boat. And uh, the, the water is splashing in the boat and, and he's asleep. And the disciples said, um, they went and woke him up and said, Master, Master, don't you care that we're perishing? And he stood up and said, oh, you have little faith. And he walked over and he rebuked the wind. Now we're talking about praying for people. He rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace be still. The word rebuke there has the, the term has the term in, in its definition of superimpose. So when you rebuke, you remember uh, Jesus said, this sickness is not to the advantage of the devil, but for the glory of God. He, he was rebuking the devil by said, declaring and decreeing what was going to happen. 
so many times we just sit there and let the devil box our ears, you know? We just, we just let him beat us up and we need to talk back to him because we have the power. We've got the power, not him. He, he's, he's, uh, power is deceptive, but we've got the power to put him in his place. Now, maybe it wasn't the devil in that storm, but it might, might have just been, storms can come from just the regular atmospheric turmoil or they can come from demonic disturbance. But uh, Jesus re superimposed the will of God because he only did what he saw his father doing, right? So he, when he was feel, felt impressed to do this, then he was superimposing the will of God over what was actually happening. And then he said, he took care of the results, peace be still to the, to the waves. Ever since I've read that, I have been so uh, excited, I guess, and, and faith-filled. My faith has been stronger because I know when I speak the Word of God that uh, it is, I'm superimposing it over the situation. When, when I was dealing with my mom, there were so many different times, but, but at one point when she had gotten delivered and, uh, and, and then she had fallen back, I remember um, I just said, Lord, I feel like I've done my part. And from that point on, I called her a new creature in Christ. The old things are passed away. All things are new and the new things are of God. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that, that she's a new creature in Christ. And, and I superimposed the word of God and declared and decreed her future because we had walked up to that point, And now it's between the Holy Ghost and her. And I put the words out there. You know, he would say to us, give me something to work with. Give me something to work with. I don't know who you're believing God for, but he needs something to work with. And you need to pursue uh, the purification of your motive and why you're praying. You need to uh, pursue, uh, we'll see eventually too, a strategy. Is, is there any strongholds in the way? We're going to look at that. And, and we, need to, we need to put things in order and then speak the word of life over it and, and let the, this is the science of the kingdom. You know, we've heard through COVID a lot about science. Well, follow the science, follow the science. That's the science that the science that they're talking about is the science of a fallen world. We're talking about the science of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. We're talking about the, sci the science of, a, of the new age and a new kingdom. And so uh, it works differently. And the word of God overrides everything. There's a scripture, I think it's in one, uh, Psalm 103. And it says, um, the kingdom rules over everything, over all. So the kingdom of God, and, and what we're talking about is the word of the kingdom. And so what we're talking about is getting in position and getting purified. Um, where is that scripture? Okay, we'll finish up with this. Second Thessalonians 3, 1 through 5. This says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Now that word unreasonable is out of place. 
Remember, I was telling you uh, where we position ourselves is important. If I get out of place, then the word can't run a free course. And he says that we might be delivered. Pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Unreasonable is out of place. Wicked means in in, um, influence, not in character. So I could be out of place and have a wicked influence. Not My character's not wicked. I'm not doing it on purpose. But my influence is wicked because I'm out of place. And if I'm out of place, I don't have the faith to be where I'm at. God's grace is not going to be there for me because I'm out of place. <laughs> and His kingdom is in order. And so... Um, I want to be delivered from unreasonable, out of place, men who are wicked in their influence, for all men have not faith. I don't have the faith to be there because I'm out of place. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you that we, you both do and will do the things which we command you. And the Lord direct your hearts unto the love of God and into the patient waiting of Christ. Now talking about superimposing... I had a friend years ago that I grew up with, a childhood friend, and she ended up in one of my Bible studies one day, and she had had a pretty tough life, and um, anyway, uh, she ended up leaving and I, the Bible study and moving across town, and I was really kind of upset about it because I wanted to have an influence on her more than we had. She had gotten born again, and uh, I think maybe before she left... No, no, she she had just gotten born again. And so she moved across town, got married, moved across town, and I was concerned for her. And uh, this scripture, Lord, direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. And I started saying, Lord, direct her heart into the love of God and the steadfastness of Jesus Christ. And that was a short little prayer, but the word is powerful. And when you put it out there, Holy Ghost takes it and works it into the system. And so uh, that's all I would say. I'd be driving to the car or something, and I'd think of her, and I'd think, thank you for leading her into the love of God and the steadfastness of Jesus Christ. What am I doing? I'm superimposing God's word over her life. I'm putting it out there, and the Holy Spirit's going to massage it into her. I found out later that she moved in next door to a lady who went to the Assembly of God Church this lady started inviting her to church and she got the next step of being spirit-filled. So the word works, folks. It's powerful. It's quick and powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword, cutting us under the soul from the spirit. Amen? And that's what we want to uh, convert our life to living. And I, I think Brother Hagen used to say, just act like the Bible's true. When the day I started making the commitment to believe that the Bible's true, it turned my life around. And so there's been many victories since then, and I want to pass them on to you. So be sure and tune in next week, and we'll continue our journey. We've got to be, um, let's see, what are some of the... We're going to be... Just a minute. We've established a pure motive. It's for His name's sake and mercy's sake. We're locating any obstacles. We'll be locating obstacles in the person we're praying for. Dealing with focus and the, the, the staying focused and dealing with distractions. 
stirring up the gifts in us and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. So those are some of the things that we're going to be looking at in the future. So God bless you. I'll see you next week.